0: And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley, And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy
1: group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and
0: accessible. So stay
1: tuned, because
0: in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.
1: We're so excited for you to hear today's episode with Kale Lowry and V. Rivera. Hosts of the Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast. If you watch Teen Mom 2, you know that Kale and V's relationship started off rocky, but today we learn all about their journey from hating each other to co-parenting to hosting a podcast together. We discuss how being on reality TV has affected their mental health, their personal relationships, and their relationship with themselves. Kale and V discuss how they stay grounded amidst social media trolls, talking to their kids about their TV pass, and the advice that they would give to their younger selves, and so much
0: more. Please enjoy. We got to come on your amazing podcast, Baby Mamas. No dramas last week. We are so excited to have you today on Shrink Chicks.
2: Okay, so since you're not our therapist, (laughs) like we're allowed to be friends, right? Yes, yes, exactly. A hundred percent. Right, so we're going to hang out. We're all going to be also, friends. Also, having therapist
1: friends are the best because then they just give you free therapy.
2: OK, that's also <gasps> a bonus. That's
1: a-
0: we can't help ourselves. Mm-hmm. But let's start out. Um, if you have watched Teen Mom 2, you know these amazing women here. But for those people who haven't seen it before, we want to know, tell us a little bit this, your stories and the two of yours relationship together because it's a great story. Oh,
2: is it a great story? <laughs> I think
0: it's a great story. Is it a great story? It is. So, yes. <laughs> I met V in like
2: 2011, 2012. Yeah. Um, she started dating my first son's dad, and it did not start off well. It didn't start off easy at all. We really didn't like each other. And I think mm-hmm. I was just really, really upset. Not her specifically, but like, I didn't want Joe, but I didn't want anyone else to have him. We just had a kid together. We were super young, we didn't like each other. And then one day we just decided that this is not working and we need to do better. And um we became friends and then years and years later, now we have a podcast together. Yeah. So. <laughs> We
3: kind yeah, of so got closer and closer. There's
2: <laughs> yeah. that great meme going around right now. That's like, oh, all
0: these podcasts are two best friends. I want to see two bitches that hate each other. And she posted,
3: I posted, she posted, posted it. that on her Instagram story yesterday. And I literally had saw it right before I saw you posted it. And I was going to send it to you and I forgot. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is what we need. But there was a podcast like that before. Frenemies, the Frenemies yeah. Podcast. Yeah. That didn't really end well. Right,
1: right, as they usually don't. But you, clearly, the two of you really worked through that challenging time in your relationship. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did you
2: manage that? What did that look like for the two of you? There was a turning point that we both didn't know resonated with us the same way. Mm-hmm. So we hated each other so much. And Joe had said to me at one point, like, if anything happens to me, our my kids will never be able to see each other because you guys hate each other so much. So it was, you know, Joe made a really good point. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make arrangements with V for Isaac to see their daughter you know like that we didn't like each other yeah
3: we weren't Mm -hmm. about to do that so we kind of just took that and we're like wow he makes a really great but he said it to her
2: too and we didn't know he said it to me
3: too and I and then when we like actually when we started the a little I think it was a little before we started the podcast we came to talking about it and I was like well he was she was like well he told me this and I was like well he told me that too so it was kind of like Everything came together, and we were like, "Wow!" So that was the kind of the turning point for both of us, and it was, and, and it was insane.
0: Yeah. Now I would say most people that end up co-parent together don't always start on the best foot, right? Like the story you're telling is not an atypical story. It's an incredibly complex and nuanced relationship. To sit here and say I have like, very complex and complicated feelings towards this other person. You have an intimate relationship with them. There is rejection. There's jealousy. There's so many emotions that can come up from it. And so I think there's a lot of people listening right now that have tried to blend their families together. And you guys are talking about this really good cool thing, but how, what would it actually look like to do
2: to really go from hating each other to co-parenting? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I... Because I actually don't co-parent like this with my other kids' yeah. dads. And so, and we... I don't think that we'll ever get to this place. Um, and so I I understand now even still how hard it can be mm-hmm. um, because I try to have that mindset, but I also know that we're just not compatible in that way. And so unfortunately it will not work, but I don't know like what it took for us to actually, like we realized what, joe was saying but i don't think that i don't know i
3: think just uh, honestly we were really young i think people it's really important to understand like when we first came into me dating joe and stuff like we were all so young like i'm talking like 18 19 19. 20 you know so we've all kind of grew together in a way which i think really um you know whether people think about it or not it really takes a huge It makes a big, it makes a big difference, you know, and it also like we've all kind of, even if we were on different pages at times, I feel like at the end of the day, we're always like, you know, we're all kind of like a team, you know, like we all have to do what's best for the kids. And sometimes it does mean like putting your emotions or like how you feel, not to the side, but, you know, trying to see the bigger picture. Um, so I think we're always kind of like on that same page where we try to be, we're still human, but, um, I think at the end of the day, we do a pretty good job at like doing that.
0: Well, and the other thing that you left out, I think that's so perfectly said. And the other thing that's interesting you left out, which is you weren't just, you know, 18, 19 years old. You were also being filmed. Right. (laughs) You were in the public eye at a very...
1: very vulnerable age and a very vulnerable time, it sounds like, in your families. And so tell us what that was like, not just being at that age and working through that, but also being in the public eye during that time.
2: It It's hard. It's still hard now because people to this day bring up when I like came at V's neck for so many things, and they're like, oh, it's fake, it's this and that. It's like, no, we've actually worked through this, and I understand like why people would think that, but it's really hard when we've gotten through things that were really hard in the moment, and then we have to relive them on TV, And then maybe some of the same emotions came up when we originally went through it, but then sometimes other emotions come up and we're like, fuck, like, what is this? How do we get through this? It's Mm -hmm. like reliving, like ripping a bandaid off a wound that hasn't healed yet. And it's just not, it's not a good time. Um, And I mean, I think I'm in therapy still from filming. And uh,
3: (laughs) it's just, it's hard. It's not normal Mm -mm. to be going through these things. And then on top of that, have a million people's opinions on everything when Mm. your your mind is going wild on its own you know so right and I'm I'm thinking about you know
1: just as human beings we think back to times in which maybe we made a mistake or got in a fight and we can only remember them in our minds and so you know there's like kind of like this faded picture of it but when you're having to watch it in (laughs) front of you you know and re-experiencing it do you guys do you want would you watch those episodes would you keep yourself from watching them what what does that look
3: like on your end i was about to say i don't watch the show at all i, think I have since, since i like have started filming a lot of i don't watch it
2: i have gone through watching episodes because i want to see how it's edited down um (laughs) and i've my my worst moments that i've ever really faced as like an adult and as a mom have been filmed Mm -hmm. um and it's embarrassing sometimes it's humiliating and even if i have gotten over something that i did or a regret that i have um and i've been forgiven by said person or forgive myself. Nobody ever, even to this day, like I can think of things in 2012 that happened that I'm still not forgiven for by the public. And so that's mm-hmm. not, it's not a fun feeling at all.
0: Well, you bring up this great point about the editing, right? You could be edited to look like the villain and it's sort of whoever gets chosen. I think that's most people
2: with reality TV is like, oh, I'm this season's villain. I'm this well, season's I think that, that right and i call my i say i'm everyone's favorite villain but i in a way that um is like misunderstood not necessarily because i am a villain but i'm I'm a villain because people do not understand like where i was before the cameras entered my life to bless you, Excuse me. to where That's I am it. now and some of the things that I've done on camera, you know what I mean? And so um actually a lawyer just asked me, like, why do you call yourself that? And it's like, yeah. I misunderstood, like Maleficent, right? Like she didn't start off evil, like yes. she didn't start I, off this like super bitter person. Yeah. She started off as like a really good fairy or whatever. And then, you know, she's stripped of her wings and her powers and then she's trying to make a comeback, you know? So um, it's been, it's been a really wild ride. And, and no one
1: no one gets to see the growth too right they're seeing these really kind of challenging times when you're so young and you're trying to parent i mean that's just that's hard as an adult right yeah. and so to try to navigate that as a teenager and navigate you know challenging complicated relationships and have everyone watch it and then for others to not be privy to also your growth in those relationships where they're kind of holding on to this image of you at that time and so you know just to navigate that in the public I'm just hearing how challenging that must be as you're able to see your growth and you're able to acknowledge your growth and I know we talked a little bit about that on your podcast um just that people hold on to that and they have trouble forgiving
0: like you're saying I mean I had I had my daughter at 29 years old I have degrees in human development masters in family therapy I (laughs) was a fucking adult running a business i've never felt more incompetent in my entire life than motherhood yeah right it feels very exposing so i can't imagine right that's 29 after all of this other stuff and with support i can't imagine doing that at the age that you did and have everyone watching because if everyone saw my life at my worst moments (laughs) right like even now right like yeah i don't want to yeah right like that's really exposing but you said this thing you said people think that you guys are acting yeah. First of all, oh, yeah, all you guys time. should get Oscars then because you are very good. Wow. <laughs> wow. If you if you are acting in this relationship and you actually hate each other, and this is just for film, I think people do not understand how hard that would be to fake it. Doing right, We run a business together and we have a podcast together and there's a lot of conversations that are not recorded or that we've decided to not put out because there's some stuff that isn't for everyone and it's another goddamn business. Mm-hmm. Yep yep same and that's I, so I, funny
3: I feel like if we were faking it um I, a I lot just of would movies. never I honestly would never be able to I I couldn't I don't know how people think that that's a
0: thing
2: it's, <laughs> well, that yeah. would not be I think we, I would be an actress I if, 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 if I was doing
3: it that good
0: <laughs> <laughs> right if you think back to when you guys first met and had all of these really complex difficult negative feelings towards each other would you have been able to fake it
2: No, No. absolutely not. That's why
3: we had, we like literally never, we tried to never see each other. Like I would literally go out of my way to not be around her because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be around her. I like walked off stage. Yeah, like we just didn't want to be around each other Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So if I still felt that way, I would not even be this close to her right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I'm wondering too, like with the two of you having a podcast together, like what is that like in terms of your relationship? Because I know for Emily and I, I think having a podcast has brought us even closer Mm -hmm. because we have to, we're talking constantly to each other and about deeper shit all the time. So what's that like for your relationship to have a podcast together?
2: I don't know. I just feel like it was, I I don't know what we would do without it. I don't remember Mm -hmm. what it was like before it, even though it's only been a little over a year. Um, We just, I think we text more, we send each other Mm -hmm. more bullshit stuff like articles we read mm-hmm. like funny memes stuff like we that we talk
3: about like our you know personal like stuff she too.
2: her and joe came over on sunday and we we're just shooting the shit talking about building and podcasting and all that stuff and so i don't know i feel like it's brought us closer together in some mm-hmm. ways i mean i don't think we ever like overstep boundaries as in terms of like family or anything mm-hmm. like that or um like i don't but in in our personal lives it has brought us together.
3: Yeah, I think we definitely have gotten closer. Like when, before we started the podcast, we were, you know, we considered ourselves friends and we were cool, but I think now it's like- A friendship. Yeah, like we've actually, I can actually be like, this is my bitch. Like she's my friend, like (laughs) ride or die. Like, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Hey man, you need an RTDT. You need a ride together, die together. It is truly incredible. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, the lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard it's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
1: So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks That's pros dot com slash
0: okay so i feel like the the number one question people have is what do you think the effect of reality tv is on your personal mental health
2: oh god anxiety um (laughs) imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because and this is what i talked to my therapy she asked me about it this morning she's like last week you brought it up let's talk about it and i was like you know It's not necessarily the reality TV. It's everything that comes with reality Mm. TV. So it's, Mm. you know, the show Teen Mom 2 really started when the peak of social media was was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like Instagram, um, pe- people were on Facebook, but Twitter was really big at the time. And it's the trolls and it's the public opinions and reading what everyone thinks, where like if reality TV started when there was no Instagram and Facebook and social media, we wouldn't have access to read what people's opinions are. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the reality TV, it's just everything that comes with it. Reading comments and dealing with having to you know, we could choose not to watch the show, but they're gonna replay it on social media. They're gonna put Mm -hmm. it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and this and that and um, reading what people think is the problem for me.
3: Mm -hmm. It's crazy that we talk about that because when we, when I first started dating Joe, I didn't even have an Instagram. Like it wasn't like a thing yet. Mm -hmm. Like Twitter was the thing. Yeah. And like, even then it wasn't as bad as like nothing. I just never would have pictured that the show would have such an impact on like social media and stuff.
2: But you start to believe what people say about Mm -hmm. your, like you adopt their beliefs. And sometimes it's about other people. Sometimes it's about yourself. It's sometimes like I have this um, like critical voice in my head, I guess, like that would, that talks to me in really, really, it's really mean, right? Like it's because it's the things that I'm reading every Mm -hmm. day that people say about me that you start to believe what people are saying.
1: Right. Mm. Right. And, you know, I think that that happens on a lot of levels, just in our relationships, right? If so, if we get in a fight with someone or they say something about us that it's hard to be able to create that boundary in our own mind of like, is that actually true, right? Do I believe that? But when you're having so many people say things about you, you know, it, it would make it that much more important to set those boundaries for yourself to know this is who I am and I'm going to hold on to that for myself.
2: Yeah. But there are, I mean, on the flip side of it, it's like the show has been a mirror for me where I can't deny something that I've done that is not right and i can look at it and say okay i actually need to take away a lesson from this and this is the best thing that could have happened was me seeing myself do something and how i want to do better um but i will say like it's easier to focus on like the negative side effects of being on reality tv right
0: Well, I think it brings up this term also that it's coming to mind is radical responsibility, right? When somebody shows me the part, listen, and like we've all been the bad person. We're all at some point, anyone listening, if you're like, oh, this is never been me. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. At at every point, right, we all have been, right? Like at some point you were the bad guy in somebody's story. Whether it feels real or not, it's true for them. And so this thing of radical responsibility is that like, okay, if I see this thing and people are telling it, what if there's some truth to some stuff I need to change and like this idea that like that doesn't mean I'm a horrible person it means I'm a work in progress and that's very impressive to be able to come out and say like hey like I'm gonna hold radical responsibility for this and also it doesn't mean I need to hate myself or shame myself
2: but it means I have to do something about it right I think that's harder for people that are on reality tv because when they get to a place where they, they are accepting that the public doesn't allow them to it just
3: keeps getting brought up and brought up yeah and...
2: like it's there it's definitely harder to like move forward it
3: makes it seem like all the work that you're doing just doesn't even matter because people are still either talking about it or trying to shine you in
0: this like horrible light and stuff right so Cause... how do you guys talk to your kids about it
2: Oh, it's been difficult. It's been challenging. I would say mainly for Isaac because mm-hmm. he's twelve. Yeah. Um. My my younger ones are not really there yet. Mm-hmm. Um. But I do try to take that and implement what I'm learning, like in therapy, from being on TV to like Isaac. And also, you know, I want to give him a voice. If he doesn't want to film and doesn't want to see himself on TV, I also just like don't make him do it. So, yeah. um, it's been a work in progress there as well. I don't think. Do TV you have has anything? She is, think
0: like, she, no idea. She's too young yet, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, how do you feel like there could be a day where someone says to your kids, oh, your mom, right, like, we'll say whatever about you. I'm imagining that's something you've thought about before, right? Because, you know, you drop your kid off at school. Some mom has an opinion of you. I mean, right, listen, like, we live in a world with a lot of judgment. So you know it's happening. What's it like to think about that kind of stuff or start thinking about having conversations?
2: I have definitely thought about, like, Maybe there are going to be parents who don't want Isaac to be friends with their kids because Mm -hmm. they don't want them around me or, you know, things like that. But I'm in a place where I can honestly say that I would if my kid came to me about something that I did or I said on TV or on social media. I would have to face the music Mm -hmm. and like really just be honest and have that conversation. I think my older two are definitely in a place where they could be receptive and be like, okay. I was wrong when I did this and here's here's why, and here's what the takeaway was. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they're in a place where we could talk about it. And I I felt I pretty good about it, to be honest. Like, I think I could use it as a lesson and not just like, do what I say, but like, let's talk about it so yeah. you can do as I do and like take away what mm-hmm. I took away. You get what
3: I mean? Like a learning experience yeah. rather well, than something bad. Absolutely.
0: There's something really cool about that of radical honesty with your kids. Right of like that, like there's a lot of parents who are like right. Like this is not one of these questions we always get for parents: is like, what do I do when my kid asks if I've ever smoked pot? I'm like, you probably should fucking tell me you smoke pot at some point, right? Like, like this is like a this right. is like a normal world, world we know. live in because where it's also smoke when, pot and when they Like,
1: start having human reactions or doing human things. It's important for them to know that you're also human, right? That you're modeling that it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, and so the, you know, the radical honesty piece of it, I think, is
3: is such an important piece of parenting, too.
1: I'm wondering. Yeah, I never thought of that definitely.
3: That I actually just had this conversation with my best friend the other day because we both um, we have smoked our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I had Bibi, I kind of calmed down a little bit but I'm never going to be that person. That's like, if she asks me what's weed or what's this, or do you do it? I'm never going to be like, no, I don't do that. Hell no. I'm going to be completely honest. And I've told my husband this too. I'm like, if I want her to learn anything, I want her to learn from me. And I don't want her to feel like I've lied to her or like find something out somewhere else, you know? So, um, that's something that I'm just very open about, especially, you know as she gets older like because i know as a girl i've done a lot of stuff when i was like you you know like you kind of just go back to when you were a teenager and shit, and you're like damn i've done all these things and as a girl <laughs> i can't imagine bb doing the stuff that i did like hanging out in basements with friends and like smoking and shit. And i'm like oh my god is she gonna go through all this and like but like i want her to be honest with me like i used mm-hmm. to really be honest with my mom like this is where i was this is what i was doing like i was with my friends like i was safe you know like i was in a house or something and I mean, it doesn't sound completely great, but I mean, I think the honesty that I had with her was something that I want to have with Vivi.
2: Well, I think too, like I wouldn't want my kids to be sneaky because they think mm-hmm. they're gonna get in trouble. I would rather them feel good about coming to me and being honest about yeah, it. So exactly. if they need help, mm-hmm. things don't get worse. They're like, Okay, my mom's not gonna freak out. She's just gonna, you know, help me or yeah. you know, like do if whatever. she's
3: ever like I mean i hope she doesn't get into a position where she's like too drunk to drive or something and like is left stranded somewhere but like in a case like that i want her to be able to call me like mom i need help like even if it's two in the morning like can you come pick me up like boom Mm -hmm. i'm there you know right right and you
1: you mentioned safety right that like safety is really important and even if that means that they're experimenting they're trying things but they feel safe enough to come to you so that they can can matter fact create that kind of safe environment for themselves if they're if they ever get themselves into a situation where they need your support.
2: Absolutely. Do you think like having the the honesty and the um I don't want to call it freedom because obviously wouldn't be like, yeah, go try some drugs. Yeah, um, but like well. <laughs> the honesty surrounding it would prevent like overindulging. Like I guess my question, I don't more know like, if I'm wording more like this correctly. As a, yeah, <laughs> as a
3: best friend or something like rather than a parent.
2: Kids who are exposed to things and are able to be honest with their parents are less likely to, I don't know, say like over drink when they're of age or get into a lot of trouble smoking weed or whatever because they're kind of exposed to it earlier? Or do you think that that doesn't really make a difference?
0: I do. I think it makes a huge difference, right? Like, and here's the thing is genetics play a part, right? Does someone have a genetically predisposition towards addiction? That's going to factor into something. But also in the same way, right? Like, how do I have conversations about, like, health? And I always think about it in terms of, like, this is why abstinence-only education doesn't work. Because if we just pretend something isn't real that is real, kids are going to do it on their own and figure it out. So how do we help kids make healthy decisions, safe decisions? And if that's going to be ethical um consumption of a substance what does that look like for your family and I think that that I realize that people you know listening this might be like freaked out but also I you know I have never not cursed in front of my child. I'm incredibly open. Everything is named. You know, I would rather, I'm someone who started having sex at way too young of an age that I'm, like, like when I think back, like, I really wish I didn't start having sex when I did. Like, there's a lot of things I would have been different. And so I really hope I can encourage my daughter to masturbate. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I would much rather her be having, I would much rather her be having sex with herself than what I was doing for external validation. Because for me, it was about trying to get someone to love me.
2: Right. Yeah, Absolutely.
3: I'm also really big about like um, her knowing her parts and like knowing the actual names. Mm-hmm. And I know some people have like a weird complex about this. Like it's been talked about, like people use different names and I'm like, why would I want my daughter to use a different name that nobody knows what it is if she's trying to tell me something, you know?
0: like yeah. Well, it's abuse prevention actually. Right. If your daughter is able to say, or your son, this, this, are, these are my testicles. This is my vulva. People are like, oh, these are such weird names. But guess what? If your child says that to an abuser, you don't think that scares that abuser a little bit? Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's, and also that means your child's then able to relay information. So there is a larger conversation about like, what is ethical and honest conversations with your kids? And I don't think it's the right way for everyone. Every family is different. But if you were a mom that's listening to this education, to this conversation and thinking, like, I think this is the kind of way I want to parent, you have to talk to yourself about like there's stuff I'm uncomfortable with, which is normal because a lot of us didn't get these conversations from right. our parents exactly. And, he, you know, and I think I, I, I
2: didn't have a sex talk until after I was, I actually don't I think never, I ever had one. I right. never had it. Um, talk. it was that like was probably helpful <laughs> after, after I'm, you were I'm pregnant. pregnant, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, I didn't know you were having sex kind of right. thing, or you know. Um, so yeah, I don't think
3: my mom ever knew even when I lost my virginity or anything, mm-hmm. like I just never. I never told her that because I mean, I never had like the sex talk with her. So it was weird for me to relay that information when she never talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of like a don't ask, don't tell thing for me.
0: It was yeah. weird. yeah <laughs> and, and so I, then I, who'd you ask? If you had a question, who'd you go to?
2: My, you just my, don't. I just
3: don't. I have a big sister.
2: Okay. i didn't so i just had sex so
3: right. i felt more yeah i felt more comfortable <laughs> talking to my sister than i did with my mom because i mean i no matter how close i was with my mom i still didn't want her to know i was having sex like i, I just yeah. felt but I, th- I do feel like that heavily stems from her never talking to me about it. So that's why I didn't feel comfortable talking to her about right. that, but also comfortable talking to her about other things.
1: Right. Yeah. And it it might speak to, too, how comfortable your mom felt talking about sex herself, right? Like, did her parents ever talk to her about it?
3: Yeah, so, I don't think she did because she was never probably talking about it, too. And that's where, like, things we talked about passed before, down. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Like through. inherited trauma and stuff like that. Like, yep. that kind of... Well, uh,
0: it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to also talk about is that like when we, when I was starting to have sex, there was no Google. Right. <laughs> that
2: like, like right yeah, now I I'm like, oh, I,
0: I remember my, there were like books, like I would
1: steal my parents' books. Oh, would you? Your parents? Yeah. You had the
2: American, the American girl. The Karen, books? the Karen keeping of you. <laughs> the Karen keeping on. of you. Yes. Uh, my mom gave me this book, but we never talked about what was in it how and she to put a to on read it. it. Hold on, I'm about
0: to Google it. I remember that was the first time I saw pubic hair. The Care and Keeping of You by American Girl is the first time I've actually ever, had ever seen pubic hair depicted. I've never, I was, I was shielded from this American girl.
2: <laughs> Look it up. Yes, yes, yes. It, that's it, that's the one. I had it, my mom handed it to me and I was like, what the fuck do I do with this? Yeah.
3: The Care and Keeping
2: of You.
0: And it teaches you like how to put on, and like there's helpful parts it teaches you that you have to start showering more, yes. Wow. Yes, but that was the first time I ever said I ever saw pubic hair when my mom gave wow. me that book and I was so scared.
3: I won't, forget oh, this. I, won't I don't think I'll ever forget the day BB saw my pubic hair and like freaked out. <laughs> she has a my daughter has like a million and one questions and it always catches me off guard like she's so open like she just will talk she will say anything like she's entirely too much sometimes but entirely. she um saw like my and she you know realizes like i have hair down here yeah. my armpits and she's got pretty hairy legs too like for some reason i feel like she's gonna go through puberty a little early but yep. She's always asking me, like, "Oh, am I gonna end up having hair like on my vagina and stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. girl, you ain't special. <laughs> <laughs> we all got it, and we all gotta maintain it." Like <laughs> yes, but it's but it also it speaks
1: to the fact that you are feeling so comfortable talking to her about her body, which is something too that you it, clearly you're changing in your family, yeah. um, which is best. something we talked about to almost you know change the dynamics that are being passed down
0: mm. break break all those family cycles so i have a question for you guys yes. is
1: there any advice that you would give to your younger selves looking
2: back Good God. <laughs> um lots I, w- I also wish that i didn't have sex i wish i would have asked questions like yeah even though my mom wasn't coming to me about things i wish that i was asking her questions mm-hmm. um It might have been uncomfortable but i think it could have it would have opened my eyes a little bit more i think it could have prevented you know me having sex younger Mm -hmm. i think i mean i didn't know what masturbating was until i was literally 20 years old like i had children before i knew what masturbating was like things like that and i think I mean as an adult now i'm like well if i do it myself i don't gotta call anybody so um you know <laughs> what i mean a like a lot of drama <laughs> it does it really does and like i don't know i just wish that i would have had more information or resources or somebody that i could talk to as an adult that could give me real honest information mm-hmm. um that's like my biggest is by advice to other parents um, no matter how old they are like talk to your freaking kids like talk to yourself um and and help provide your kids with resources if you're not comfortable like mm-hmm. maybe you can help them the books yeah, yeah books information mm-hmm. resources therapy i don't know yeah
3: mm-hmm. i um i think i would give my younger self a little bit more grace i mean i feel like i was always really hard on myself because i felt like i had to hold myself to this standard where my mom was always proud of me and my sister was always, like i always just felt like a people pleaser And that caused me a lot of stress and anxiety as an adult, like growing older, like just feeling like you have to be somebody and you don't, you know, like you can make mistakes and you can be yourself Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, you don't have to try your best to like work around problems just to like avoid them or anything, you know, like face the music and, you know, just, um, I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's so weird to think about like all the things that you go through when you're younger, and then as an adult, like you just kind of come out stronger. But I wish I had all the advice
0: and like all the resources that I have now. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. when you and the answer to this might change, like by the second for this question. But when you look back now, how do you feel about being on Team Mom too?
2: Oh my god. (laughs) Um, that's a loaded question. I'm aware. Well, so. It's loaded for me in that I do think, I do wonder where I would be if it wasn't for the show, because I, my mom's an addict and an alcoholic and my dad wasn't there. So I do wonder if I didn't get on the show, would I have gone down a completely different path? Mm. Would it have been more of a toxic, like like I, would I have been an addict or an alcoholic? Would I have gotten involved in things that I shouldn't have gotten involved in? Mm. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I. I mean, I ask myself that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do I don't know. I it's, don't know.
3: It's weird for me, cause I mean, my life would have been so different too. I would have never met Joe. I would have never met you, Isaac. You know, <laughs> I probably would have never had Belize. I mean, mm-hmm. I probably would have still, I don't know. I don't, I honestly, it's it's so crazy. And I, I don't like to think about stuff like that cause I love where I'm at, you mm-hmm. know? Like I don't ever want to look back and be like, oh, like To me, it's like a blessing in disguise as much as we complain about it or, you know, it's, it's a bitch going through being on reality TV and stuff like that. But I think it gave us so much to be grateful for. So at the end of the day, it's like, I, I don't regret it. And I mean, I've met, I met Kale and like, we have this amazing podcast. I feel like everything was literally meant to happen the way it was supposed to happen.
2: I could go without doing some of the things that I've done on TV. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wish I had some uh, some knew, guidance like, if there. If we
3: knew, I think if we knew social media was gonna be what the fuck it is today, um, we probably would have thought that we wouldn't. Yeah, I think we I probably, probably still would have signed the contract
2: though. Like I definitely <laughs> yeah, would have still signed. We it.
3: probably, but we wouldn't have thought it was gonna be as crazy. Like and, you know and having fans and like trolls and things like mm-hmm. that. Like I don't think that was like really a thought back then. Wait, the kill- media was so small
0: so for you you were so young when you signed that contract did you have adults in your life you were talking to or you were just like i'm gonna do this thing wow. there was no one like right because that's a big contract to
2: sign would have been like nope so like <laughs> it's it's so crazy to think about where i am now like I shit you not I have five different attorneys on retainer at all times (laughs) and like thinking about my younger self signing this contract without even having an attorney even glimpse at it and my mom had just signed over custody to Joe's parents at the time she never even was like we should probably have a lawyer look at this and well because she wouldn't have had $1,500 for them to look over it you know what I mean and so um and Joe's parents never said you know we should have an attorney look at this and so it's crazy to think about where I now I would never ever ever like yeah, I, I have my attorneys look over mm-hmm. literally everything like if I could have an attorney check my kids homework I fucking would you know? like, <laughs> I, think there are, I think there are attorneys for that I think you could find some <laughs> <laughs> like it's sure, so crazy I I, and, and, yeah, and even with real. my money management from it I mean um, if you think about I mean it was com- I'm probably not supposed to say this I'm gonna say it anyway God. I got paid five thousand dollars to mm-hmm. to do when I first signed the contract yeah. and Which was a lot of money for you then, probably. But that was before taxes. Mm -hmm. So that was the other thing was like, I'm signing my entire life away, my name, my likeness, everything about me for five grand before taxes. Like if I would have had some guidance, I'm sure someone would have said, you know what, that's probably not enough and we need to do a little better here. Um, But at the time, did that feel like so much to you, though? uh yeah i thought i was gonna fucking conquer the world like wow. i couldn't i was like five grand what and i, I didn't know i sense. had to pay taxes on it so I,
3: yeah I was- oh my god it's so cringy to think about So
0: fucking cringe. <laughs> cringy oh my god but but it's real but it's like a very real thing yes. that also it's just such a different world right like everything is different and it changed so completely fast like you said even with social media it was just so accelerated that like no one could have caught up no one could have figured this stuff out it just happened the way it did okay so with every um guest we have in the podcast we do a segment called calling bullshit calling bs and we would like you to call some bullshit in um your field your expertise in your life what people think about you whatever is bullshit you want to call out today Ooh, um, i
3: just said what i what i said when i I walked into office i said i think it's bullshit that mcdonald's doesn't have snack wraps anymore (laughs) Sorry, but that's that funny. those are my life. <laughs> I agree, right? I but said that's true. Were that. snack wraps not like the best thing on their menu the in my greatest. greatest. I could eat like five of them right
1: now. Okay. Also, I don't know if you guys remember the chicken fingers at Wendy's back in the day. Like Wendy started making chicken fingers, they were
3: amazing
1: uh,
0: c- compared to their chicken nuggets. Like yeah, yeah oh my god, from, they were. That probably would be good.
3: I'm sorry, that <laughs> wasn't in my field, but it is something that I think. <laughs> the, no, good. no, no, that counts. Um, I do have something. I this may be controversial but i'm gonna say it anyway um i am a latina and i am in like you know social media and like the influencer field and stuff like that and i don't feel like we get enough credit for anything that at we all. do. i don't think we at get all. paid enough at all um and i think that's something that really pisses me off and it's been pissing me off like for the longest
0: that's not controversial that's, that's amazing fucking, that's true yes it's 100% fucking true that's nobody gaslight you right now you are absolutely correct and thank you for saying that yeah
2: Agreed. Absolutely. I'm not going to say anything because I think we should leave just that.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's a good one. All right. Hey, KLV, we cannot thank you enough. Mainly, we can't wait to hang out with you soon. We're all going to get together. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for calling some bullshit. Thanks for telling us your story. If you enjoyed this episode today, related, please send it out to a friend or loved one. Of course, you have to listen to Baby Mamas. No drama. You guys also have the best merch. How yeah. where oh, do people you find your, you merch. People, Love huh? your merch? Wait, you
2: have the best merch. Can you tell people where to find all of your stuff and all your merch? So we have our website babymamasnodrama.com and then you can also find our new merch collection on podcast ones website. Oh, Amazing. the best merch if you're looking, you got to stop here.
0: Thank you for being here today. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, and if you listen today, don't forget if you want to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Thanks thank for being you. here.
3: Thank See you guys. You guys.
1: Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Treloar. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? We're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning, though, there will be no surface-level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those Be Healthy boxes... I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right
3: place. Let's pull back the curtain for some Raw Beauty Talks.